Jesus ascends into the clouds and he doesn't stop there for he goes all the way. The Bible said he is taken up into the clouds and he's sitting on the right hand of God. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, and the president of Dayspring Bible College in Mundelein, Illinois. I can't even imagine the sight of Jesus ascending into heaven, leaving his feet going up. I mean, and that's not normal, right? Uh, for someone to just start floating upward. Well, that's Jesus. And he ascended and he is at the right hand of God. And we are to be his hands, his feet, and his mouth here on this earth until he returns to that same spot. Hi, this is Jim Scudder. You're listening to In Grace on our very last Story of Jesus series message. We'll start it today. We'll finish it tomorrow. And then we'll go on into a different series. But I hope you've been enjoying our chronological look through the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, trying to sort them out, making sure that they're in the order that they would have happened. Mostly they are. And then also, whenever we came to a so-called discrepancy, as people say, there's so many errors in the Bible, there aren't errors in the Bible. And then some of the so-called errors once you understand perspective and viewpoint, it's easy to understand they're not errors. They're just people telling the story from different angles. So we've done that in this series, and I hope that you've been blessed to just learn so much about Jesus. Really, everything's about him, and I hope that we can be like him, and I hope this series has helped you be more like Jesus. Now, just before we get into this series, I want you to be equipped to be ready for the end times, to know what's coming next. One of the things that I believe is going to happen very, very soon, the Jewish people are going to be rebuilding their temple. We have a whole video series about this. It's called The Quest to Rebuild the Jewish Temple. It's a three-part series. The Bible predicts this. Jesus said in Matthew 24 that the temple would be destroyed. That was the temple that he was in as a baby, as a young man, as a as a man. Uh, he, he overturned the money changers' tables. He, uh, he ministered and healed in the environs of the temple. And he said, that's going to be destroyed. And sure enough, about 40 years after Jesus died and rose again, it was destroyed by the Romans and Titus. But then a few verses later in Matthew 24, he talks about the desecration that Daniel describes. And so we know that there's a future temple. And Daniel talks about that. And in Revelation 11, it talks about that. So the Bible is clear that there is going to be a rebuilt temple. And if you'd like to get this three-part video series, The Quest to Rebuild the Jewish Temple, all we ask is that you make a contribution of any amount to In Grace. Your gift will make sure more people hear the gospel and you're going to get this great video as our way of thanks. If your gift can be $35 or more, we're going to send you our eight-part prophecy series, video series called Armageddon's Dawn and our Armageddon's Dawn prophecy chart. We also are going to Israel next year in February, and Alaska this year in July. We'd love for you to check out our trips. And if you'd like to get a free brochure, go to our website, ingraceradio.com, click on travel, or give us a call at 1-800-78-GRACE. Well, brace yourself for the final message of our series, The Story of Jesus and His Ascension Back to Heaven. This is it, folks. The very last message in our series, The Story of Jesus. And you wondered if we would ever get to this point. This is episode 
139. Well, what we've basically done, though, people, is we've gone through the four Gospels. Okay, so that was a lot. It was a lot to tackle. We tried to do it fairly quick, but it still took us all of that time. One of the last verses I'm going to read to you today, I'm also going to read to you right now. Because John, the apostle, ended his gospel in John 21, 24 by saying this. This is the disciple which testifieth of these things and wrote these things. And we know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things which Jesus did, the which, if they should be written every one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that should be written. Amen. What a way to end his gospel. And what a way to end this series. For this is just a snapshot of all the things that Jesus did. I have been touched by this series. I've been encouraged by this series because if we are followers of Jesus Christ, we ought to know the way he lived, the way he talked, the way he thought, and we are to have his mind in our life. We're gonna cover all of that today as we cover his ascension back to heaven. It wasn't that long ago that there was a brand new astronaut and he was so excited about finally going to space. And the day came when he was strapped in and the rocket launched and it was going higher and higher and higher and it was about to leave our atmosphere when suddenly, inexplicably, he turned the rocket around and came back to earth. And after splashdown, they got him out and they said, what in the world? You were almost to space. Why did you turn around? And he said, well, when I was in grade school, my teacher asked me, what do you want to be when you grow up? And I said, an astronaut. And she said, the sky's your limit. <laughs> we have reached the limit of the story of Jesus and what a climax it is. And Jesus, in this study that we do, these final few verses of the Gospels, Jesus ascends into the clouds and he doesn't stop there for he goes all the way. The Bible said he is taken up into the clouds and he's sitting on the right hand of God. What an amazing last month and a half of Jesus' life. It hadn't been that long before this moment that he had entered into Jerusalem triumphantly on Palm Sunday. And then he was arrested just three days later. He was tried and convicted and crucified the next day. Then in three more days, he triumphantly rose again. And he appeared to many people over the next 40 days. Let's stop for a second and talk about 40. Why 40? Well, I'm glad you asked. Because the number 40 is mentioned a lot in Scripture. And usually there's a significance. Now, I think we can overdo the concept of numerology. But I believe when you look at the number 40, there's a significance to it because it's mentioned 146 times in Scripture. And it's generally 
recognized as a number of testing. For instance, Moses lived in Egypt for 40 years and then he lived in the wilderness for 40 years. That's curious. He was on Mount Sinai for 40 days and nights twice. He sent the spies into the land of Israel, the land of Canaan, and they were there for 40 days. The children of Israel were punished because they didn't believe God and they listened to the 10 spies and not the two and they had to wander for 40 years in the wilderness. Jonah would warn Nineveh of judgment for 40 days. Elijah went 40 days without food or water at Mount Horeb, which is Mount Sinai, by the way. See that connection there. And then, of course, we remember that Jesus fasted and was tempted by the devil for 40 days in the wilderness. And we know here that Jesus spent 40 days after his resurrection showing himself to the disciples and also teaching them the last things. Remember, when he was crucified, they were running scared. They were in disarray. They were in disbelief even after the resurrection. It took 40 days for Jesus to calm them down and set them on the right track and then off he goes into heaven and off they go to turn the world upside down. Mark ends his gospel with these words in Mark 16, 19, referring to the ascension. So then, after the Lord had spoken unto them, now remember, the last time we saw Jesus, he was up in the Galilee. He had been given his great commission to bring the gospel to not only their local area, their region, but also the uttermost parts of the world. Think about that. Think about the farthest away you can go from here. And there's a lot of places that are all the way around the world that still need to hear the gospel. What are we doing to bring them that message? What are we doing every day? You say, well, I can't be a missionary. I can't go. Why not? And maybe you can't. And maybe that's not your calling. But are you praying for missionaries? Are you giving to missions? We need to bring the gospel not only to our neighbors, to our colleagues, to our family, but we need to bring it to the furthest reaches of this world. That's the call of God. And, and there are some things that uh, get in the way of that. One is, well, if I give money to missions, I'm not going to have money for the vacation I've been dreaming of. Or I'm not going to have money for my mani-pedi. I'm not going to have money for my frothy, wintry, expensive coffee drink. Whatever that is, and I'm not saying, you know, everything is bad. I'm not saying all of that. I'm just saying, what are we doing with our money? Let's think about that. Are, can, can we maybe uh, give uh, more to make sure the gospel gets around the world? So that was in the Galilee. He's now back in Jerusalem and remember when you're reading the gospel, sometimes you don't have the transition. So you're, in, you're kind of at the end of one sentence, you start another sentence. In the end of one sentence, he was in the Galilee. Now you're at the end of another sentence and he's in Jerusalem again. But either way, he's now in Jerusalem. And we know that from the, the account from Luke about the ascension. But Mark says, the Lord had spoken to them. He was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. 
You're listening to In Grace with Jim Scudder, Jr. Are you interested in the end times prophecy of the rebuilding of the Jewish temple? Then you need to watch In Grace's new video series, The Quest to Rebuild the Jewish Temple. Jim Scudder, Jr. will take you to amazing sites like the Temple Mount, the Dome of the Rock, and the land on the Mount of Olives purchased for the sacrifice of the red heifer. Jim Scudder has exclusive interviews with experts and people involved in rebuilding the temple. This new series will be yours as a thank you for a gift of any amount to In Grace. Don't miss this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity to witness prophecy being fulfilled before our very eyes and see how all of this impacts our world today. When your gift is $35 or more, Jim Scudder will also send you an incredible eight-part video series called Armageddon's Dawn and a beautiful End Times Prophecy Chart. Don't wait. Get this video series today to order the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple. Call now, 800-78-GRACE, or order on our secure website, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. And then in verse 4, it says at the second part of the verse, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. The psalmist is prophesying the Messiah would be the Lord and that he would sit at the right hand of God and that he would be a priest forever, not after the line of Aaron and Levi, which is the priestly line. If you go to Israel today, they're developing the priest from that same lineage. Um, Today, if you have a last name, Cohen or Katz, Uh, uh, some derivatives of that name, that's the priestly name, the priestly line. And so Jesus, the great high priest, is not after that line. He's after a different line, and it's referred to as the order of Melchizedek. And that's a whole other story. Uh, We don't have time to go into that, but Hebrews mentions Melchizedek. Of course, Genesis does, because Abraham brought tithes to Melchizedek, who was the king of Salem, who, and that Salem is Jerusalem, okay? So, who is the priest that's gonna sit at the right hand? It is Jesus. It was predicted. He is our great high priest. He's our advocate at the right hand of the Father. Right now, where is Jesus? Some people say, well, he's in my heart. Now, I understand what people say when they say Jesus is in my heart, But that's not really a biblical term. He is in our innermost being. He's in our life through the third person of the Trinity, which is the Holy Spirit. Because those that believe that Jesus died and rose again, you're, you're saved and sealed. Who seals you? The Holy Spirit is in you. So he is in you because there's one, Father, Son, and Spirit. And because the Holy Spirit is in you, so is the Son in a sense. But physically, bodily, Jesus is not in you. He is not in your heart. You don't have to ask Jesus into your heart to be saved. That's not in the Bible. How are are people saved? You believe that Jesus died for your sins. You put your trust in him. Then he lives in you through his spirit. You don't have to ask him in. And when you say that to a child, they have no idea what you're talking about. So be careful about terminology. But where is Jesus right now? He's at the right hand of the Father. And he will be there until he comes back. And by the way, in the ascension, we also learn that just like he went up, he's coming back. Now we don't learn that in Mark and we don't learn that in Luke, 
the two gospels that include the ascension, but we do learn it in the very first words of the next book, the Acts of the Apostles. Mark 16, 20, Mark continues his talking about the ascension and then what happened afterwards because these are his last words of his gospel. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Amen. I love that word, amen. So be it. What did they do? As soon as Jesus left, immediately, what did they do? They went to work. They went to work. They started to immediately share the gospel. And, and now, now God had, uh, Jesus had said, you know, you're gonna need to tarry in Jerusalem. You're gonna need to wait a little while because the Holy Spirit's gonna come. And they did, but, but they didn't just go you know, hole up into a room and, and just sit there and wait. They went right to work. And I love that because since Jesus is gone, we are to do his, his work on this earth. That's our responsibility. And if we're not doing that every day, then why are we here? So Luke also talks about the ascension and he gives us a little more detail because in Luke's account of the ascension, we learn where it happened. Luke 24, verse 49, it says this, And behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you. And that was and would be the Holy Spirit. But tarry ye in the city of Jerusalem until ye be endued with power from on high. And he led them out as far as to Bethany. Okay, so now we know where we're at. We know that they're near Bethany. In order to get from Jerusalem to Bethany, you have to cross the Mount of Olives. Jesus ascends at the Mount of Olives. And it's one of my favorite places to go. It's just to the east of the Temple Mount. So if you're standing on the Mount of Olives, it's one of the best views of the Temple Mount. Currently today, centered on the Temple Mount is the Dome of the Rock, the Golden Domed. It's not really a mosque, it's more of a shrine. Off to the left of that is a kind of a dark gray dome. It's called the Al-Aqsa Mosque. And Muslims consider that the third holiest mosque, the the first two are in Mecca and Medina. But the temple would have stood there. Solomon purchased, or David purchased that ground. His son Solomon built the first temple. That was destroyed by Nebuchadnezzar. And by the way, we're gonna come back to that today. So don't let me forget to bring back to you the destruction of that first temple by Nebuchadnezzar and how it all ties together with Jesus being on the Mount of Olives when he ascended. But there... The Mount of Olives, just on the backside of the Mount of Olives, is Bethany. You remember, Jesus spent a lot of time there with Mary, Martha, Lazarus. He raised Lazarus from the dead from Bethany. When Jesus came into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday, he came over and down the Mount of Olives. Gethsemane means olive press. Jesus went to Gethsemane, many times to get away and to pray, but he went there on the final night of his life and there he sweat drops of blood. Gethsemane, 
Why would Jesus go to Gethsemane to ascend? We're going to get back to that in a second, and it all goes back to something that I recently learned from the Old Testament on one of my trips to Israel. So if you can wait just a few minutes, we'll get to that. So they get to as far as Bethany in Luke 24, 50, and he lifted up his hands and blessed them. And it came to pass, while he blessed them, he was parted from them and carried up into heaven. What a sight that must have been. Now, in our big a Christmas pageant production here at Quinton Road Baptist Church, we have an ascension. And there are cables right above me, and I was uh, giving my handouts for tonight's message, and one of our pastors said, Pastor Scudder, do you think we should practice the ascension? I said, with me, that would take a number of strong men to hoist those ropes it is a sight to see. And as Jesus gets to the top, our acting Jesus, uh, the, the lights dim down and that's the end and people applaud and it's, it's really a neat uh, uh, illusion. But Jesus is carried, it says, up into heaven. So what happens? I mean, what do you do after that? And there are several churches of the ascension. So, you know, it's one thing about Israel. They, they have no shortage of places to commemorate one event. The Mount of Ascension, there's several churches and shrines. I went into one. It's really curious because they have natural a rock, and in that rock they have a shape of a footprint. And they say that's Jesus' footprint where he ascended. I don't think so, but it's, it's kind of cool. I don't know. But I know for sure that Jesus ascended from the Mount of Olives, and there's a reason for that. It's a really cool reason. So he blesses them, he ascends into heaven, and they worshiped him, verse 52, and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And, and we're continually in the temple praising and blessing God. And Luke ends his gospel, amen. It's a great way to end your gospel, amen. So from this passage, we know that the Mount of Olives was the place of the ascension just before the village of Bethany. Why is that important? Well, here's why. Israel had been falling away from the Lord. They had broken into two kingdoms. The northern kingdom was called Israel. The southern kingdom was called Judah. Judah was where Jerusalem was, and they survived longer. The Assyrians came and conquered the northern tribes, and they were carried away. And then finally, Nebuchadnezzar came with his armies, and Babylon conquered Judah and Jerusalem. And we'll start right there tomorrow as we're talking about the final episode, the final thing that we're told in the Gospels. And it's been a wonderful journey to go through the Gospels with you and uh, here on our almost last broadcast of the story of Jesus. It's both uh, sad and exciting because we'll go on to another exciting study. And really the entire Bible is so valuable and so important. So again, we'll finish that up tomorrow. And then on our Friday broadcast, we have a very, very special program for you featuring Joel Rosenberg, the famous author and uh, gentleman that lives in Israel who we appreciate. And we'll be interviewing him and finding out the latest that's happening in the Middle East. Now, 
Have you gotten the Quest to Rebuild the Jewish Temple video series? There's a longing and a yearning and an emotion right now in Israel to rebuild the Jewish Temple. The Red Heifer now is in Israel, and all of these things are coming together. We tell the story in this brand new three-part video series. We'd like to say thank you for your gift to Ingrace so that more people hear the gospel, and we're going to send you this video as our thanks. And then if your gift is $35 or more, we're going to send you our eight-part prophecy video series called Armageddon's Dawn and the four-color, full-size prophecy chart, Armageddon's Dawn. These three resources will really set you up to be excited about the end times and the return of Jesus. As a thank you for your gift of any amount, Jim Scudder will send you the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple when your gift is $35 or more. He will also send you his eight-part video series, Armageddon's Dawn, and a beautiful end times prophecy chart. Order the quest to rebuild the Jewish temple by calling 800-78-GRACE. Go to our secure website, ingraceradio.com, or write to us at Ingrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on In Grace Radio with Jim Scudder Jr. In Grace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio.